the year 2012, we entered into a time of the kingdom being made manifest on the earth. God has told me by the year 2027, we will see the generation that is completely blessed, unveiled and uncovered. In the time until then, we have a significant period of harvest and that means that the sons of God must be ready financially and spiritually equipped to such an extent that they will be the leaders of the next generation. We are kingdom leaders placed in this exact moment of time to transform the seven mountains of society. We have been sent on assignment to be the leaders of the greatest move God has ever dealt. We set the tone. We change atmospheres. We are prophetic voices able to bring the wisdom and strategies of the ages stored up for a Joseph generation for the greatest wealth transfer the world will ever see. Are you a world changer? A kingdom influencer? I believe that we all are. But it's up to us to choose to make such an impact that we will create generational wealth and bring finance, leadership and supernatural power and ability back to the true bride of Christ and more importantly, represent the true ways of God to all creation as supernaturally manifested sons of Yahweh. I'm Kirshen Joseph, and this is Heaven's Entrepreneurs. Hey guys, how are you doing? Welcome back to Heaven's Entrepreneurs TV. Guys, I'm super excited. and We've got an incredible guest with us. His name is Dominic Loreno. Man, he is a phenomenal guy. I'm going to call him Mr. Kingdom Crypto because this guy is doing some serious stuff in the whole Web 3.0 space. What an amazing man. And most importantly, he has a heart for God. And so, guys, um, this guy is doing some amazing things with some big names right now as well in um, the whole Kingdom Ministry segment of it all. So um, he's doing some other cool stuff as an entrepreneur. And I really want to talk to him about his heart for God what he's bringing to the table, you know, as he's expanding the kingdom of heaven. Uh, and he's just, he's a part of the Heavens Entrepreneurs team now, guys. So guys, please welcome him on the stage with me, Dominic Loeno. Hey brother, how you doing? How's it going? <laughs> I got to give a round of applause for that introduction, brother. And the introduction for this podcast, it is epic. It is such, it yeah. just rings the heart of Jesus at, for this yeah. hour and for this time. Kingdom entrepreneurs, let's go. That's it, man. You know, being a kingdom entrepreneur is totally different. It's totally different to a Christian entrepreneur, right? So, you know, let me just ask you straight off the bat. What do you feel that difference is? Because for me, it's huge. The difference between a Christian entrepreneur and a kingdom entrepreneur is, I believe, a kingdom entrepreneur is kingdom-minded. So when you have a Christian life, especially, listen, I'm American, but I feel like sometimes the American Christian church tends to be a little bit more relaxed, re- mm-hmm. resting on their laurels. It's a combination of the American dream and the Christian oh. life. And you have to tend to compromise some of those things because it's about getting things. But then Jesus says, you need to lay your life down, lay those things down. So what is it that you acquire wealth for? I think it's your intention, right? That will the general mainstream um, non-kingdom minded Christian who they're saved. I don't doubt their salvation, but I do know that their closeness and the inner circle that Jesus had, um, the disciples, they were more kingdom minded. 
Mm-hmm. Um, then the outer circle that was a little, they were a little bit more flaky. Sometimes they were with him. Sometimes they weren't. And yeah. sometimes they would put their hand to the plow and then turn back. Mm-hmm. And so a kingdom minded person, someone who's close to Jesus, someone who knows that the resources that they've received from the Lord is for the kingdom. And they don't have a problem setting aside some personal comfort, creature comfort, some wealth acquisition for themselves and turning that wealth acquisition and making it for a kingdom minded purpose. They're more givers. They're better givers. They receive less of a percentage for themselves. These are some attributes. They're not set in stone. But if you ask me what my opinion is, it also is how they acquire wealth. They're not Mm -hmm. interested in getting the wealth by somebody giving it to them. They're not trying to convince other people to give it to them. They're not trying to stand up and expect the church to hand them anything. Kingdom-minded entrepreneurs are people who are uh, like the Joshua generation who go and take the land, take things from Egypt, take things Mm -hmm. from Babylon, bring it back to the promised land, and build God's kingdom from within. So good, man. What an epic answer. <laughs> you know, I've always thought like it was it wasn't as big as what you just explained, you know, but um, the kingdom entrepreneur part of it is like they have a different kind of call. It is living fully as a man of God, a woman of God, you know, and then expanding yeah. the kingdom of heaven. No? And, but then the Christian entrepreneur is just a person who incorporates Jesus in. You know, it's more religious and it's just, yeah, okay, I'm a Christian and I'm just doing business. You right. know what I'm saying? And it's any business. It's not specifically to expand the kingdom of heaven. But yeah, man, so uh, before we even get into everything else, you know, uh, tell everybody about yourself, you know, uh, who is Dominic Loreno? Yeah. Who is Mr. Kingdom Crypto? Talk yeah, yeah. So uh, I I got I graduated from Bible college. I, I had a, a love for Jesus in my when I was 19 years old. Um, I grew up in I grew up in church, right? But it didn't really hit my heart until um, I encountered the Lord Himself, and uh, I got filled with the Holy Ghost. I went off, I, I mean, on fire for Jesus. Left the world, pursued Him, went to Bible college, served on the mission field, built mm-hmm. a foundation, and then I got married and uh, kind of forgot some things. I started to build my own life, my own little mini kingdom. Um, and I, I had, let's see, I, I started martial arts when I was 12 years old. So, um, I earned several world karate championship titles, had, had a franchise of karate schools, um, around the, around California. And I trained up lots of world and national champions. And that became my life for a season for about seven years. And then the Lord got a hold of me and said, you know, it's time. This is about 2010. He says, we're, where, where are you going? What are you doing? And I laid it all down and I started going back into ministry. I didn't necessarily stop teaching karate and stop building that, but that tenacity began to be transferred into my walk with the Lord. This seriousness about my training, this seriousness about acquiring skills. And it was innate coming up and growing up since I had been a child learning how to train. And that transferred very well into training. I mean, I had a little, uh, 
you know, don't judge me, but when I was young, I had a little, I had my Bible and I had a Bruce Lee picture of Bruce Lee on the cover <laughs> of my Bible because I heard how seriously trained and I would get up and preach to my Bible college buddies. And I was like, wow. we need to be training like this. Like this guy never stopped. He was the best in the world. What if we were <laughs> like that when we prayed and when we fasted and when we, and then I began to search for people and I found a lot of ministers who were mm -hmm. like that. I was mentored by Robert Slared and, um, and, a, and a few others. I, I, honestly, I'm not going to name drop, but I was trained. I took seriously my training. So what happened was as that began to um, to culminate into my walk with the Lord, it began to culminate into other skills that I acquired, right? So you have um, work. You need to earn money. You need to. So I was always working for somebody else. Then when I had my karate schools, I was working for myself. But um, something kicked into high gear around 2012. Uh, I, I got a, I got a hold of an article and that was the first time I ever saw the Bitcoin sign, ever heard the word mm -hmm. Bitcoin. When I got a hold of that, I said, what in the world is this? I literally got up out of my chair and said, this is something huge, but I had fear and I'm talking to everybody right here, right now. There was fear and I understand the fear, especially in times of lack. You're like, I, I'm holding on to my two mites. I'm holding on to my two mites. I have no confidence in, in, in this economy, the recession, and everybody's talking about a great recession. Well, God has another word. He's talking about a great wealth transfer. I'm not telling you to be lackadaisical or not to, to be to be lackadaisical in your research. You have to do your own research. But at that time, had I invested in Bitcoin in 2012 when it was $9 per Bitcoin, I would probably own this platform that we're using to have this live stream. <laughs> That's the point. And, more. and much That's more. That's the point. <laughs> yeah. And much more. Why, mm. why couldn't I have a, you know, a, a 50 or 40% share in Facebook? We wouldn't be deplatforming Christians. Yeah. Uh, Twitter should have been acquired by Christians a long time ago. But now we have to wait for somebody else in the world named Elon Musk to come in here and save our butts from deep from being deplatformed. What's going on, people? So this is the, these are some of the things, these hesitations, these fears. Just do your research, be wise, listen to the Lord, pray, and he will lead you and guide you. I was just an infant at that time, 2012. So when I looked at Bitcoin and I discovered what it was, I just kept my eye on it. I felt the Holy Spirit just say, keep your eye on it. If you're not ready, you don't feel like you're ready to invest and go ahead and go in on this. Just keep your eye on it. I kept my eye on it. And 2015, I bought my first Bitcoin. I bought some Ethereum in 2017, and I started buying altcoins in 2017. We had some ups and downs, um, but I continued to invest. I went back and and I went and I got a degree, a college degree in exercise science. And I'm not too sure. I didn't understand exactly what the Lord was doing, but I had this passion. He said, set all this aside, and I want you to focus in on this like a horse in blinders. Listen to me, people. When God begins to put something on your heart and you feel a grace and a motivation and this, it's like you're a runner ready to run the race and you are just ready to take off. Go with it and don't act, just enjoy it. Praise the Lord. Trust him. Make sure you're worshiping him and staying in tune with him because I believe that that's the grace of God. And when that grace came on me, I didn't understand why he had me going out and learning these things in secular universities, but it was equipment. 
being equipped to have, you don't have to do what I did to get there, but it's what God wanted to equip me with for Mm -hmm. my life. So um, I began to become equipped with certain skills that prepared me to be worth where where I am right now. Uh, Not just to be here, but to have the capacity to be successful. So it's merging skill with God's grace Mm. and running with faith. So good. So right now, this is where we're at. I can give you a summary of these awesome things that are happening right now. Yeah. Yeah. Let me just say this. This is where I'm at. uh, Let's see. It was last year. God said, okay, now Web3. NFTs came on the scene. It began to be this this big craze, and, and I began to study it. I studied it like I studied for my finals in the university. I began to drink from the water hose and I fire hose. And it was coming at me more than I could consume. But I kept staying before that information fire hose. And I kept consuming information, learning, 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 learning. And then I ended up saying, I have the capacity to start a Web3 company. So I began to go and search. And I would pray every morning. I say, Lord, lead me to the right people. Build the right team. Give us the right idea. What should I do for your glory, for your kingdom? And that right there, my friends set my heart my heart was set and my compass was pointed north when i said for your glory for your kingdom i have already created a budget i created a spreadsheet before the money came in and i said i will give this percentage and this is what my spending percentage will look like and i will cap listen to this people i capped what i promised god that i would have for myself there was a cap on it and i said everything above and beyond this is for the kingdom. So I don't get a raise <laughs> if you decide to quadruple this income. This is my level, my cap, my satisfaction. This You don't have to do this, but I'm telling you that these are keys for your heart, for God to be able to say, mm-hmm. yes, you are a river that I can flow through. Now, what that cap is, I'm not going to tell you, <laughs> but it, it, it's, it's just for right now, for one. Okay, mm-hmm. so as I began to do that, um, this is what happened. Another gentleman who had the most epic idea came and he said, I wanted to start. He says he wants to start this Web3 project. He loves the Lord. I love the Lord. We get together. We started working on it in April. It's called Rookie. It's a play to earn game. So basically you you take a game you play the game and then you receive instead of points you receive blockchain tokens and those tokens create an economy there's upgrades think candy crush but instead of those points every time you earn those points every time you break those little those little candies you get crypto instead so but it's not a necessarily a game it's sports so we took sensors we put it into a real life ball let's see if i can find my ball here we took sensors Here's our logo. It's called Ricky. We took sensors. We put them inside of a ball. And now as you activate that ball by playing with it, playing, going through different challenges, competing with people worldwide, uh, you're able to earn blockchain tokens. And it creates this amazing economy. Right now it's being built up and we just uh, secured a partnership with the number one sports blockchain in the world. Um, and many of you might know them. They're called Chili's. They're they're with uh, um, they've been they've been the number one um, crypto project related to 
the World Cup in soccer. Yeah. So we have a soccer ball coming after the basketball. We have skateboards coming after the, after the soccer ball. And uh, we're on the verge of pulling in millions and millions of dollars for the mm. kingdom. We want to be a billion-dollar company, and God's going to get us there. So um, that's project yeah. number one. Yeah. And that's where we're at right now. There's another project. See behind me? Say Glory Coalition. That's that's a kingdom project. That yeah. project came along because uh, there's some notable names decided they want to have an NFT project. These are ministers of the gospel. And uh, I love these guys. I feel like they're kindred brothers and sisters in the Lord with me. So I reached out to them and I said, hey, let's do this together. Let me help you take what I know, put that into this, and let's glorify God with this project. Introduce the body of Christ into the Web3 space educate them train them and give them something to grow with and let's let, let let's let's build this thing out and basically glory coalition is building the glory verse which mm. will be the first christian metaverse and that's where we're at right now yeah that's it man you know talk to us about that like uh, what is glory glory coalition you know what is the aim of it uh what are you doing with the whole nfts and stuff Tell so yeah yeah. So, so uh, just to make a quick separation and reiterate that, Rookie, the play-to-earn game, is my own uh, project. That it's it's a secular project, uh, but we're all kingdom kingdom-minded entrepreneurs, um, and so that is not Glory Coalition. It's a separate team. So when I came across, and I think it was August, I came across, and they made me the CMO, um, Ben Lim Ministries. Uh, many of you might know about Ben Lim, who was trained mm-hmm. by Benny Hinn. Um, and then there's several other ministers, Natasha Hen, who's Benny Hinn's daughter. She's on the Glory Coalition. Um, we have uh, ha- Hakeem and Naeem Collins. They were on Sid Roth. They're notable ministers. Um, Georgian Banoff. Georgian Banoff was part of the uh, Glory Alliance or the uh, Revival Alliance. He was one of the um, leaders of the original Jesus movement. Um, and then we also have... Um, um, Charlie Champ's brother, sister-in-law, uh, Jesse and Amy Champ. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and so they're very closely connected with Bethel and everything going on there with, um, with ben jo- um, Bill Johnson. So these seven ministers came together and said, we want to uh, influence using Web3 technology. We want to provide kingdom blessing using NFT technology. How can we do that? Well, first thing they did was create a community called, uh, and the project is called Glory Coalition, and the Glory Coalition family is now on Facebook as a Facebook group. We also have a Discord. Um, you can see links possibly in the description. We'll put a GloCo link in the description yeah. for this. Um, and so if you want to join that, you can see we have ministry events. Um, we're about to drop the NFT this coming week, we're going to mint that NFT. You can actually uh, begin to purchase that NFT next week. And the NFT gives you access to all kinds of perks, right? So we talk about utility. And and I'm pretty sure you've talked about NFT projects before, Kershaw. Hmm. Um, and one of the things you look for in an NFT project is not necessarily its flippability. <laughs> Your ability to just flip it. And then, because if it doesn't have long-term value, what happens, and as a kingdom-minded person, we, mm. we care about who gets left holding the bag. 
So even though it's just a JPEG and some silly picture and everybody's spending, you know, a thousand dollars on it, thousands of dollars on it. And you're like, well, I can make a quick few hundred dollars by selling it to a greater fool. Then, you know, you don't want to be part of a chain of something who eventually somebody at the end is going to be left holding the bag with something that's valueless. So one of the things that we try to do our best that we can is um, um, make sure that we invest into NFT projects that have value in the form of utility. What are you going to do with this NFT? What is it? What does it give you access to? We know that NFTs are not fungible. So there's only one. Whenever you have an NFT, uh, that's the only one of it. And it can't be faked, can't be falsified, um, and it's on the blockchain forever. So if you own that NFT, and let's say there's a vault of uh, beautiful knowledge, like let's say you archive all of these videos, and they're very, very valuable, very, very valuable information, and you lock them into a vault, you can create a token gate. And in that token gate, you can only access that gate. You can only get through the other side to access all that information with the NFT. And you're able to do that, verify it very easily now, um, you know, depending on what wallet you hold it in, MetaMask or whatever. Some of these are integrated, very simple GitHub code. You could just pull it on, plug it onto your website. Very easy, very fun ways that you can use an NFT. Uh, we know that NFTs also... Um, people, communities, and people gather around something. And if you ever get people around, you have to have Jesus in the center, in my opinion. So that's what we've been doing. We've been getting people together. We've been uh, blessing them and ministering to them. And we're like, hey, everybody who's purchased an NFT, meet us here in this place, and we're all going to we're gonna bless you. Yeah. Um, ben Lam has come in there and ministered to people, prophesied. He was in there prophesied for two hours to our group. Wow. It was so awesome. So – uh, one of the first utilities we're also giving is anybody who purchases a Glory Coalition NFT gets free access to the to the end of the year conference that's being held in California, or Orange County, Southern California, at Ben Lim's church. And so this is you know three hundred two hundred dollar conference, I believe. Everybody who has an NFT gets automatic free access. So there's perks and benefits like that mm -hmm. that we're going to be continually providing. It's like the new ticket, you know, with the whole package, VIP package. Right. Kind of thing. Yeah. It's right. so good. So, man, I've got this question. We talked about it earlier. Um, for people who uh, feel like, oh, we're still talking about money, 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 right? What exactly is the difference that God has shown you between the prosperity gospel and this whole wealth transfer? What, uh, yeah, what can you say about that? I love it. I love that question. Um, and the, the reason why I love that question is because the prosperity gospel has, has a bad taste in a lot of people. It has a bad rap. And I believe it's for two reasons. One, it's because of what we did with the wealth that came in through that message. And number two, it's where that wealth came from. It went from whose hands to another person's hands, to whose hands. Hmm. And so it's not that the it's it's not God's will for us to be wealthless. You see plenty of times in the Bible that there was a transfer of wealth. Okay? Here's an example. When the children of Israel left, first of all, let's start off from the beginning. 
when God made Adam, everything was perfect. And in that perfect place, you will see he talks. God is very clear about talking about over in this river. That's where you're going to find this gemstone. You go here and you're going to find gold. You go here, you're going to find food. You're going to find everything you need. You're going to find beautiful things. You're not going to lack anything. There's scripture that says God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. And so, you know, there's there there was a time when the children of Israel were in bondage. And when they left Egypt, mm-hmm. when they were leaving Egypt, they plundered it, Egypt. Egypt put into their hands willingly a lot of wealth. I mean, what do you think? They 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 mined gold while they were out there to build a golden calf, even though it was wrong for them to build a golden calf. They had gold. Where'd that gold come from? <laughs> the wealth of the wicked went into the hands of the righteous. Unfortunately, they did something unrighteous with that wealth. Unfortunately. We know what happened to them. There was a lesson learned. They moved on. But they began to move on to what? Taking land. And when they took land, what did they do? They brought lots and they, they took land. Let's talk about Jericho. They took land and they took those resources and they put it into God's stash. God's stash. Mm-hmm. There was a person who tried to keep some for themselves outside of God's parameters. And there was a major consequence to him and his family. The ultimate consequence. We're not in the time of the law. We're in the time of grace. I understand that. But God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And there's a reason why he didn't like that. Now, what happened when they got uh, the children of Israel were taken into Babylon? Babylon, they, you know, they took a lot of things. But God clearly said through Jeremiah, he said, go into Babylon and plant vineyards. Start businesses. Hmm. earn wealth then when they left babylon cyrus who was married to esther gave the children of israel everything they need the wealth of babylon went into the hands of the righteous and what did they do with that they rebuilt the wall and they rebuilt the temple they built god's Hmm. kingdom amen what happened to solomon there are skilled people. If you go and you read that whole thing, that whole situation with building of the temple from the time of David, the, his last days to the time the temple was built, you'll see that God had skilled people, even names them by name. There are skilled people that I have prepared who are going to build out all of the gold, all of the gold uh, plating and everything, the artwork and the gold work and the silver work. These people, he named them by name, and he said that he had prepared them. And those were skilled, skilled people. Okay? Gold was as common as rocks, it says, in that time. Okay? Israel today, they're very wealthy. They're the only – I think they're the only country, other country that has F-35, the same fighter jet that we have, Hmm. um, that the United States has. They're they're – I mean, they're a major wealthy country. They're so small, and no one can stop them. God's hand has been on them. And then what about United States? United States the wealthiest country in the world. 
Okay, now we have moving into worldwide, we have the World Wide Web 3. But why was the United States so wealthy? Because when they came, they established it on God's values. They established this country in God's, and there have been more missionaries that have left in the United States and preached the gospel around the world than any other country in history. So because we facilitated the kingdom of God, facilitated the gospel, even though there's a lot of darkness coming from the United States as well, influence, there was also a lot of light over a long period of time. And that's why God's hand has been on this country. And then you have the World Wide Web, where the World Wide Web and Web 3. Now we're more of an integrated, uh, uh, we're, we're less disconnected than we've ever been. So all of these things, what is left? There's a big question mark. On this time that we have right now, because now we're all connected. It's not just about Israel. It's not just about the United States. It's now the whole world. That includes you. You are not out of the game. You are not out. You're in this team. We're one team. It's one kingdom, one family, one God, one Jesus. And we all have one purpose. That is to sp uh, spread the gospel to the ends of the earth, occupy till he comes, and usher in the return of Christ Jesus. So... Why? Why are we doing it all? For the kingdom. That's our mission statement. Some of the major differences. Number one, where did the wealth come from? I just gave you a whole bunch of examples of how the wealth came from the hands of the unrighteous into the hands of the righteous. Well, in the prosperity gospel, God bless their souls. I love, I love all those people who taught, but they kept getting the money from the church itself. And then telling the people, oh, don't worry about it. God will replace that money you gave me. Hmm. And then what was it that they did with the money? I, I'm hearing stories about jets and unnecessary luxuries. There's a point where it gets too far. Now, I'm not going to judge every single purchase, every single purchase. I'm not going to judge every single jet. I know Kenneth Copeland used the jet to bring, bring, get a lot of people out of Afghanistan. God bless his heart. You know, he used whatever he had to to benefit and do good with it. And I love that. I also heard that Kenneth Copeland was the number was the number one supporter of Reinhard Bunky, who brought in over a hundred million souls into the kingdom before he died. So just showing you the power of wealth. I'm not confirming or affirming all of his purchases, but I believe that a lot of purchases that the prosperity gospel uh, uh, preachers have used for uh, the way they've used their wealth has a lot of it for themselves. Creature comfort. So those are the two major differences. Number one, where are you getting the wealth from? From your entrepreneur business that's taking the wealth from the unrighteous and putting into righteous hands? Or are you getting it like the prosperity gospel by sitting around a church and sticking your hand out and hoping that other people give you money to your hands? Give me money, give me money, give me money. Or go out, take and get the money, bring it into the church. Hmm. So there's that. And then there's what are you going to do with the money, right? The message for kingdom entrepreneurs is going to be when I get this wealth, I have plans on how to get soul saved. Yeah. I don't believe that there you can find a thing that pleases God more. That's the difference, man. That is the biggest difference right there, you know. Um, honestly, King, kingdom entrepreneurs have been given a vision how to use that wealth as well. And yeah. so I know that the biggest thing is their hearts. The 
the biggest thing is their hearts. Mm-hmm. If they can clean out their hearts and make sure that it's in line with what God wants, God will be unlimited to them in every measure, not just wealth, right. but every resource, every person that they need to get to where they need to. You know, um, so talk to me a little bit about um, for those that are just starting in this whole thing, right? Yeah. Starting into the entrepreneurship space as well as the crypto and Web 3.0 space, all of that, right? For those that want to dive in as fast as they can and they haven't, what's the best method that they can start doing that, man? Well, first thing is you need to get a map and you need to get a compass. Your relationship with God is your compass. The map is Web3 knowledge. Hmm. Okay? So where are you going? You're going into the wild, wild west of Web3. (laughs) And we call it the wild, wild west because it's like dangerous. You can get jacked. You can get, (laughs) okay? You can get scammed. You better be in prayer. You better be sharp. You better be vigilant. But just learn, okay? So when you, before you, you go into some foreign land, you should have a map. And if you have a map, you definitely do a little bit of studying before you go into that place, right? Yeah. But how do you know that that mount, where that mount, you see that mountain there? That's your landmark there. That's You need to find that landmark there, that little mountain on your map. Where is it in comparison to where you are right now? Hmm. That's your compass. You need your compass because you see that we are, we are, you know, southeast of that mountain. So what direction are you facing? And if you don't have that compass, my friends, you will get lost. Because it is very tempting in this space to um, get sucked into wanting money. You said, Kershaw, that mm-hmm. it's your heart that God really needs to have in order to utilize you to the fullest. And that's absolutely true. Um, uh, and I'll tell you this much. This is how dangerous it is to be a kingdom entrepreneur. Some of you, you might back down, and if you're not meant to be a kingdom entrepreneur and you back down, you'd have made the right decision. You'll know. Um, kingdom entrepreneurs get attacked, and they get attacked through temptation. It is not easy. If you can choke the resources, then you can choke the gospel being spread. To some degree, to some degree, to some degree. But if you could have an infinite amount of money, because God's heart is infinitely your, his, your heart is infinitely God's, I should say. And there was no limit on how much money he could pour through you. Just think about the damage you could do to this kingdom of darkness mm-hmm. and the building you could do. If you could fund every single ministry that is ready to go and preach the gospel and they never had to ask or wait for resources ever again. And you could fund them. Just think about it. It's just an example. Just think about it. Just think about the gospel and how many souls would get saved, how rapid, how rapid everything would happen. So that's what we want, right? Eventually. But why doesn't things like that? Why doesn't that happen? Well, because we get lost and that compass is our relationship with the Lord and that time we spend. And if we're willing to grind for hours a day before a computer or before anywhere we go, every why can't we give God one, two, or three hours a day? If you were able to do that faithfully, your 
<laughs> your compass will always point in the right direction. Yeah. Just without fail. Yeah. You, 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 can't, you can't not hear someone who you're always in fellowship with. I feel the presence of the Lord. I feel his I feel him right now. Because this, my friends, when I say preparation, and I made you think that it was school, hmm. it wasn't just school. Because there were times I came home from school and I put my books down and all I wanted to do is spend time in his presence. And he has me. He knows I'll drop all of this in a second. And he knows that if he gave me a billion, I'd give it back, back to him. I don't care. All of this is temporary. He is eternal. And we run for an uncorruptible crown. Not temporary things. So with that said, my friends, that it has never been seen to this day what God could really do with someone whose heart is completely his. Amen. And that is your compass. And I don't care what map you use. You notice that you can use the same compass for any map. So if it's Web3, if it's just strictly church ministry, if it's just being a great employee and moving up the corporate ladder, whatever it may be, Web2, um, being a teacher, doesn't matter. You can <laughs> – politics, if you have – that relationship with God, that unbroken fellowship, that place, you can hear him and he will guide you, lead you by the hand and take you where you need to go. Awesome, I hope man. that answered your question. I felt like I got deviated. The Holy Ghost took hold <laughs> Honestly, of the, the fear of the Lord came in. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, you know, listening to everything you said, it's heavy. It is heavy. You know, we, mm. we can see, oh, it's like, it's all fancy. There's glamour and stuff like that. But no one's going to see the, behind the scenes stuff, the relationship with God, the walk with God. And um, talking about school and things like that, there's the university of God. You know, I talked to Amen. the guys in my mentorship about uh, training in the prophetic and, and doing things online and so on. Mm -hmm. But there's a university of God that we go to individually, you know, and uh, the life lessons that we learn uh, to prepare us to where we need to go. You know, yeah. um, like I, I talk about some heavy stuff in here because it's serious. People need to know. They need to know this witchcraft. There is a tax against your mind. You know, there's people right. trying to misuse people who have money. There's trying to miss people who are trying to misuse you because you have a platform. That's it. You know, um, mm -hmm. all of these things we have to learn how to steward that correctly. And when you are trusted with a little, then God will promote you, and He can trust you with more. You know. Amen. So um, all the stuff you're saying, bro, that really brought the fear of the Lord on you. Mm. <laughs> and uh, it took an awesome turn. You know, I want to talk to you a little bit about that before we wrap up. Talk to me about your journey with God. What does that look mm. like? You know, um, not just as an entrepreneur, but yeah. as a person. Yeah. 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 Um, I was a runt in the litter in Bible college. And I say that because I didn't come equipped with a lot of Bible knowledge um, right away. I did read the Bible nonstop, but it felt more like I was playing catch up. And I use I use Bible college as my experience because that was the first time I was really exposed to any kind of comparisons with other people. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that was a time I was, uh, in a group of people that I could like, look at, see, okay, well, that person has been walking with the Lord for all that time. And it was like my first year really coming to church a lot 
instead of just being the casual Christian where I've said my salvation prayer, just ask God for forgiveness for my sins, but go live my life the rest of my life, you know? So I, it was, it was that time when I had that, um, the reality of, yeah, God touched me, but I still have a lot of growing to do. Um, yeah, God touched me, but it doesn't truly make me more special than anyone else. Um, and, uh, I, what I needed to do was, was understand that I have to grow like a baby grows. Um, and so in doing that and seeing my immaturity being revealed to me and then seeing other people kind of, I, you know, know where I was in comparison to where they were, it was not in the yearbook. It would not have been, Oh, Dominic is going to be here by this time. Hmm. <laughs> Very unassuming. And in that, I did. I didn't try to get other people to um, affirm me, because I had a sense of reality where I was. Now this hmm. worked to my benefit in my growth. I secretly prayed and fasted when I wasn't told to. There was we had our morning prayer. Um, and, and I'd say that I go back to this 20 years ago, 22 years ago, because I want to talk about a foundation. That's critical. Foundation is critical. You can go back and fix your foundation, but you do have to remove some things you've built on that, what you built so far. So I'm going back to the foundation because if anybody desires to walk with Christ very closely and take hold of all that he has for them, you have to go back and make sure everything you build on is going to stand. And it's built on Christ. It's not built on religion. It's not built on things you've seen other people do. It's not thing built on fads and crazes and, and, and culture, especially culture. Hmm. Watch out for that. Ethnic stuff or church culture has to be built on the word of God, has to be built on your personal relationship with him. So when we go back to this and I say the foundation that God gave me was not to please man, not because I was in a group. I was almost on the outskirts of the group. I had lots of friends. I wasn't ostracized, but I wasn't doing things for their uh, to get in with them. Hmm. Uh, I was by myself. I was praying by myself. I was fasting, and no one would ask me to fast regularly, regularly. Um, I was reading the word trying to play catch up. I have to know this. This is my life. This is my breath. This is my food. This is my drink. This is my, my new way of thinking. I have to renew my mind. Um, I was rooted. I was rooted in reality with where I really was and how I needed to change. So years went by, two years went by Bible college and I grew phenomenally. Um, and that allowed me to build that foundation for everything else to be built. So when I started to get a little distracted, it was very easy for me to come back because um, I had lived at home for so long. So any prodigal who knows the way uh, back home, it's because they had been at home for so long. It's not a foreign place. You know the way back home, all of you, everyone listening to this, you know what I'm talking about. You know the way back home. You know what you need to tear down off your foundation. You know that You've probably compromised in some areas. You know that there's some things that require purification. Just stand before him. So this is what I've been doing lately. 
if I spend two hours in prayer, I spend that first hour. Or if I spend half an hour in prayer, I usually spend the first part. In standing before the throne, standing before the altar of fire that purifies. I, I think, you know, Isaiah 6 is a very good, very, very good imagery. How when you come before the Lord, his light shines and it reveals things. But he doesn't just leave you like that and condemn you and say and poke and say, ah, ah, look at that. Do not stop there. Say, you know what? Fine. Yes. Fine. Yes. It's not all good. But that's exactly why I need you, Lord. That's why I'm here. And then you let him cleanse your heart. Okay. That is where you have then the capacity to be to, to take on other things. The rich man could not enter through the eye of the needle because the eye of the needle was a very short entryway. So it's called the eye of a needle. It wasn't a needle, a sewing needle. It was the eye of a needle. It was called a, it, it was a short entryway. It's very low. Hmm. And the camels had to take everything off their back, get on their hands and knees or get on their, um, whatever their hooves were down lower, hunch down and then crawl underneath to get through. He's talking about unweighting yourself. When Jesus said that a rich man cannot enter to the kingdom of heaven. He's saying, let go of those things and let don't, don't, I don't let those, you cannot carry those things in your heart with you. You have to be willing to let them all go and you can pass right through. And so as kingdom entrepreneurs, we have a challenge and my relationship with God uh, unknowingly, I did not know. I did not want to be a, a kingdom entrepreneur. I never asked for this. I wanted Jesus. But because of my time that I spent with him, it qualified me for this. And he said, well, I need you to do that. But because I love him, I say yes. And then he comes in and brings that grace. It's a grace, brother, that I, I never foresaw. I never asked for it. He... There's a, there's, yes, he loves our decisions. He does answer things that we've asked for, but there's a component to his sovereignty. There's a component to his sovereignty. And we have to also accept a no. And if we're not ready for this as kingdom entrepreneurs, you say, I want to be a kingdom entrepreneur. You give yourself the label and then you go in and you have all this stuff and you won't let go. You can't pass through. So that's what my relationship with God has been like. That's been what my journey has been like. And it's culminated to the point where he's like allowing me. Let, let, listen, if you say, okay, well, I'm going to purify my heart so that I can get money. Hmm. I think, Must you know what? I, this is what I would say. I would say, go ahead and do it. <laughs> go ahead and get the heart purification until you don't care about the money. <laughs> <laughs> and then you watch, it'll come. Yeah. So, but have no idols, no idols, none. And money is probably the one thing that god said is comparable to having god in your life probably the biggest mm -hmm. thing you can't serve god and mammon putting those two almost on the same level so you can't serve god and mammon because mammon can almost buy you anything money can buy you anything that god can give you minus a few things minus mm -hmm. salvation Minus, you know, it gives you, I guess, simulated versions, false versions of peace, false versions of joy. But 
to the uneducated eye, to the unspiritual person, you think that money will satisfy you. Hmm. And some people will sell their souls for that. Um, and so we have to be careful. We have to make sure that we have that compass. We have to make sure that we're close. And and God will qualify you. You wait till he qualifies you. You present your heart before him daily. And when he says, you know what? It's good. You don't care about money anymore. It's not your God. There are no idols in your heart. Then he'll give it to you. I love your heart, Father. Absolutely a pleasure listening to you. <laughs> no, I love your heart. This is, this is why I do the things I do. You know? Because... Seeing people who have a heart like yours, that's what it's about. Um, yeah, we're just here for Jesus and the kingdom. Amen. And so it's an honor speaking to you. It really is. You know, as you were talking and things, um, for some reason, I just saw a lot of doings. I was like, what am I? And um, there's a signet ring that you carry, my friend. And uh, it's going to come out in the days ahead. And it's going to be amazing. You'll see. Really cool. So, man, um, before we wrap up, I really want to ask you a little bit more. Okay, I just want last question. Okay, where do you see all of this going? The whole Gloryverse, the Metaverse, whole Web three point zero, and also the body of Christ having so much money. Where do you see this going? I, I, this is this is an exciting thing for me. Um, for me, the biggest issue is the word going out. Right. So that's that's huge for me. This gospel, of, the gospel of this kingdom shall be preached to the ends of the earth, and then the end will come. Saying almost, hey, to your level of obedience, <laughs> you get to usher in the sign hmm. that will usher in the end. We don't know when that time, when that hour will be. There's people saying, some prophets say it'll be 200 years. There's some people saying it's going to be, you know, before 2030. I, I, I don't know. All I know is I'm going to run until i have zero juice left and then i'm going to pray for more grace and then i'm going to get up and run more until i'm done and i've had a dream about the end um and i and i'm not going to share it because i don't i i know people are always looking for answers you need to yeah. look to the lord for answers i've had a dream about the end and um what i can say is uh there was lots of persecution okay this is what we're going to enter into a time of 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 the most immense persecution that we have ever seen on a global scale, on a global scale. And we can see the pinnacle of it in the latter half of the book of Revelation or uh, Revelation chapter 11, 12, 13. You start to see Antichrist come up on the scene and he's going to start cutting people's heads off. And, you know, uh, it, it, there's going to be a system with economy. I mean, seriously, come on, the mark of the beast. That's going to be a crypto. It's going to be a digital it's going to be a crypto, all right? So that's just the way it is. Does that mean that we'd be scared of crypto? No. That means you're going to leverage it to the max before he gets a hold of it, all right? Leverage it to the max yeah. and use it to get souls in. Um, mm -hmm. Let him be the copycat. He always is. So, uh, well, we're going to – this is what I foresee. I foresee immense persecution. So what, is, what does that have to do with the gospel um, and Web3? What does that have to do with that? One word, decentralization. The decentralization of money, of social media, the decentralization of technology is going to put the power temporarily, 
because we know it's going to get re-centralized. It's prophesied in the book of Revelation. Before a season, until that time comes, there will be a, a, a wave of decentralization. Within that, the power will be in our hands. Decentralization means that we're moving away from Facebook controlling everything. Okay? AW, all everything we're building, all of our websites being built on AWS. That time is coming to a close. Because if they don't like what you say, all they have to do is plug, pull the plug. If they don't like what you say, they don't they start persecuting the gospel. Because we see all this woke agenda and everything about homosexuality, and you say anything, they pull the plug on you. But hey, I'm just preaching the Bible. Well, no, they and they're pointing the finger at you, saying, Be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. Eventually, they're gonna point the finger to the words. They're gonna say, Hey, this is the problem. This is the Bible is actually against our woke agenda. And then when they start shutting the Bible down, all hell is going to break loose. We need to have all heaven is going to break loose. <laughs> we need to have platforms that are not controlled by any centralized powers. I don't care if it's Zuckerberg. I don't care if it's Elon because even Elon, he's like, oh, yeah, I want to give. But still, if he doesn't like something, he could pull the plug if he doesn't want it. Um, even though he's not, he doesn't, he's not for that. He's not our savior. We need to have decentralized finances too. What happens if they choke out your finances because now they can control your money, right? They are saying we're buying up all the cash and everything's going to be a digital currency now. Hmm. Okay. So what about, what about some of these exchanges that have fallen? You know, did you keep your money? Did you keep your crypto on FTX? You should have decentralized it you buy your crypto on ftx don't do it anymore but let's say you bought your crypto on ftx transfer it into your metamask wallet that's what i did i did that i bought lots of solana bought a lot of bunch of different cryptos i bought it on ftx and right away i transferred it into my decentralized wallet where i was the custodian so that's what's happening now we're moving into um decentralized social media decentralized platforms decentralized so including um, um, the metaverse. So I own the NFT. I own the land. No one can tell me this is my private land, digital land, and I can have a massive Christian concert if I want to. Yeah. Right? That's what Decentraland metaverse is about. The sandbox is about yeah. that. So Snoop Dogg can have a massive concert where he has these you know, little Nas X and some other demonic rappers up there and they're, you know, uh, doing all these terrible things up there and influencing this generation in the wrong direction. And they can have that big concert. I, why, where is the church's presence in the metaverse? We're going to have it. We're going to build it. We're going to see people preaching on platforms as their avatars walk by. I've already seen it happen. Isaiah Saldivar and uh, Daniel, the other the other gentleman who's doing the deliverance, they were they had a little video where they where they were ministering to some guy and got him saved in the metaverse. There were these little yeah. avatars that went in there. I've done it myself. I've had people get baptized in the Holy Ghost over Discord. <laughs> and they're yeah. just like fire. They're praying in tongues, you know. And and so this is it's happening, and we have to be able to continue preaching the gospel despite despite the persecution so that's persecution mm -hmm. and number two finances 
So you're going to be able to control your own finances. If they want to, they don't like what you say and they want to choke your bank account or whatever. We don't know what kind of persecutions we're going to experience, but we know that they were going to probably include finances. They're going to hit you where it hurts. So then what you're going to do is, you know, you'll have alternative sources such as crypto. Um, and, and last story before I let it go, this really sparked something in me when a gentleman that I know, he's in the Philippines. He messaged me on Twitter and he said, Hey man, um, I know that you're in the crypto space. Uh, uh, he said, I need, I had an emergency. My, my mother's, I have to pay for her medicine and my baby needs diapers. And I had a very hard time and I was like, Oh yeah, brother. Yeah. I, you know, I know I'm just like, oh, I'll give you some, give you some money. What's the best way to send you money. And I'm thinking about all these, he was like, Oh, I have crypto. I was like, okay, cool. I had Matic. I was like, could you accept Matic? So yeah. So I sent him some money in Matic. It wasn't that much, but it helped him a lot. He took that Matic on his wallet, on it, the wallet on his cell phone, went to the store and bought, paid for his mom's, uh, his mother's medication and paid for his diapers and got some food for the week with Matic seamless, hmm. seamless. And I said, what if that was a missionary couple? There are, mi what, if, what if that was an orphanage? Hmm. I said, it's, it's going to happen. It has to happen. Yeah. And, and so when I got the word, you know, Hey, use the, use, use the Lord, the Holy spirit gave me kingdom crypto. It was more for that. And I've been building that brand by using that name and getting it known because eventually kingdom crypto will be something that it's going to be the kingdom's crypto. <laughs> We're going to have a website, the kingdom's crypto, and needs will be met for the kingdom through crypto. This is awesome. So, yeah, I hope that explains and understands. Yeah, sure uh, yeah. This is awesome. So, uh, for the Glory Coalition, right? You have something coming out soon, right? You're launching something. Yeah, Glory Coalition is launching their uh, NFTs next week. So, keep an eye out for that. Make sure you join the Discord, join the Facebook group, all the posts in the Facebook group. Just go and look at all those posts. You'll see the QR code right now. We've locked it down because the uh, early access has ended. Now the public sale is going to start. Um, you want to get your NFT because this is going to give you access to the first Christian metaverse. You get first dibs on land with the super discount. You'll be able to stake it and earn glory coin. It's going to be the cryptocurrency for the uh, economy, for the Gloryverse. Yeah. It's going to be a play-to-earn game associated with it. You know, we have we ask people, hey, you can get five NFTs. You get a super upgrade. You know, you'll be what's considered an elder. Ten Those who hold 10 NFTs are going to be considered uh, um, a bishops in the community. Yeah. And there's extra perks with that. You know, maybe even some one-on-ones or some small group meetings with these ministers. Um, so it's going to be a fun and exciting journey. Uh, it's not going to happen overnight, but we are going to go on this thing together. And in the meantime, we're going to learn together. We're going to be educated together. We're going to come together. We're going to be blessed together. And we're going to take the Web3. We're going to take Web3 for the kingdom of God. We're going to take the kingdom of God into Web3 and facilitate mm -hmm. what Christ said to do through this technology as much as we can. It's not the only way. It's not a replacement. It's not a replacement for meeting with each other. But I guarantee you it will be a great addition to it. So 
that's what we're doing with Glory Coalition. I encourage everybody to check it out and join our Facebook group. Okay, last thing. How can they connect with you, man? And uh, pay us out as well. Yes. Yeah. Go go to Facebook, type in Glory Coalition. You'll see us all in there. That's the best way to connect with us. Join that Facebook group, and then you'll see there's other links. Uh, you'll see the links, link tree and all that. Join the others. You got Twitter. We're also on um, – look us up, Glory Coalition on Twitter. And then you also see the link for the um, for the Discord, which is I love Discord. I'm in there a lot. We, we education galore happens in there. So, yeah. So, I just want to pray if that's okay. Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Father, for this amazing, amazing time for this amazing ministry that you have that you're doing here on Facebook with uh, Kershen. And uh, thank you for these listeners these gospel entrepreneurs, these kingdom entrepreneurs. You're doing so much, Lord God, and we just praise you and glorify you. We are honored, Lord. And like the children of Israel said, when they were building the temple um, in the time of King David, like we are honored. Who are we to take what you have given to us and give it back to you? It was never ours in the first place. It was always yours. You have given us the privilege and the honor to take something you've given to us and give it back to you. And then you reward us for giving it back to you. It is an amazing, an amazing economy that we live in, in this kingdom economy. And we're just so grateful to understand it, to partake in it. We love being givers. We love that you made us a river. We love that the, the rivers of God flow forth from our bellies. We don't hold anything back. We're not afraid of losing anything. You are our source, oh God. You are our source, our infinite source. We rely upon you for value, for significance, for provision, for wealth. All things come from you and to you are all things. We love you, Father. We bless you. And I pray blessings upon this uh, podcast. I pray blessings upon um, Kirshen Joseph as an influencer. May you continue to increase his influence and uh, bring purity and sanctification and understanding and education to the rest of the body of Christ through it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for jumping on with me, man. It's really been a pleasure. Oh, it's been my honor. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. God bless. God bless.